Well, good morning. We want to welcome you to Broadway 1109. We're so glad that you're here. We're going to invite you to stand and worship with us this morning as we sing together. cross you came and broke them down you broke them down there were chains around us by your grace we are no longer bound no longer bound you called me out of the grave you called me into the light you called my name and my heart came alive your love is greater your love is stronger your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Let's sing together this morning. Feel the darkness shaking. All the dead are coming back to life. I'm back to life. Hear the song awaken. All creation singing. We're alive. Cause you're alive. You called me out of the grave. You called me into the light. You called my name and made my heart came alive. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your love awakens. for a moment. We are glad that you're with us. We're thankful you're here this morning. We want to say welcome to Broadway 1109. If this is your first time here, you're a guest with us this morning. We want to especially say welcome to you. We are so glad that you are with us today. Uh, if you would, if you're a guest, if you're new here with us, uh, there's a connection card. We hope you got your bulletin on the way in, uh, and there's a little perforated tab on the edge of that. And uh, if you would, fill that out for us, tear it off, and you can drop it in the offering plate here in a few moments, or if you missed that, that's okay. You can leave it at our welcome desk at the back of our sanctuary uh, at the end of service today. Uh, we hope you're paying attention to your bulletin and the screens and all the things that are going on uh, so that you can uh, be up to date on all that's happening here at Broadway. One thing we do want to remind you of so you can be making plans for after service before you make lunch plans today, we have a spaghetti fundraiser dinner. That's for our college ministry. Uh, we are taking a mission trip. Uh, we're leaving this Friday, actually. 
to go to Whitley City, Kentucky. We're going to be working with a church plant down there. So you'll be sure to want to stop by downstairs, grab a plate of spaghetti, and you can donate to that trip to help offset the cost for our students. Uh, so we hope you'll be able to participate in that. Again, we're so glad that you're here this morning. We want to say welcome to you. I'm going to introduce you to Mr. Ben Biddle. Ben is one of our deacons here at Broadway. Ben is going to come and pray for us, and then we're going to continue in worship this morning. Amen. Thank you, Ben. We want to encourage you to stand and sing with us as we begin to continue to worship together this morning. Oh 
Let's sing together. Your love, it comes with no conditions. You give us your whole heart.
sing this together. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I'm going to sing. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good Every breath that I have made Oh, I will see of the goodness of God Oh, I would you pray with me as our ushers come forward please father we thank you for your goodness your faithfulness your love we thank you that you pursue us lord that you save us that even when we were dead in our sins lord that you sent your son jesus to make us alive with you. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are. And now as we move into the time of our service where we give back a portion of what you have blessed us with, Lord, we pray that you would take our tithes and our offerings and that you would use them to further your kingdom and your mission through our church here at Broadway. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat for a moment. become one of our favorite songs here at Broadway. Will you sing it with us this morning? Let's sing together. I am not what I make. I am who you have made me to be. I am not what I've done. I am loved unconditionally. I am not loved by the measure of love that I bring. I am not who I know. I am known by the King of all kings. Sing it with us this morning. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for me with nothing I still have everything Jesus you are enough for me I made visible holding the world in your hands you are patient and merciful Giver of grace without end. Satisfied simply by being who you've always been. You are infant in love and you prove it again and again. Won't you stand and sing with us as we worship this morning?
this morning that you're enough for us lord we know that you're the sustainer you're the giver of all good things god we praise you for who you are it's in jesus name amen you can be seated yeah i look at it is it's a parachute ministry so it's like they drop you out of a plane and when your feet hit the ground you're like what does living in this city look like for me the city is San Diego, California, and God used a program through the North American Mission Board called GenSend to change the direction of Ibby Davis's life. GenSend is a six-week or eight-week program for ages 18 through 25 to go into a city um, and live uh, working alongside of a church plant there or the Compassion Ministries. Ibby, Reed Morrison, and Liz O'Lear all learned what it looked like to be a missionary in a city like San Diego when they did GenSend. Years later, here they are, still living on mission. Just taking students from their normal context, moving them to a new city, and asking them to live their life on mission. I don't think I knew what it looked like to be a missionary before, so seeing people that were my age and younger saying that they were here in the city to one, learn about the city, but then two, be missionaries, um, it intrigued me. They don't have to worry about raising funds, they don't have to worry about the logistics of living in the city, they only have to worry about who can I talk to next to tell them about Jesus. Currently in San Diego, there are at least eight people working alongside church planters who first came to San Diego as GenSend missionaries. I think it's huge. It's literally like we're siblings. I think always just having the common goal of sharing, sharing Jesus. It's just relationships that bond you for life. San Diego is not the only place where stories like these are being written. There are Ibby's, Reed's, and Liz's all across North America, in places like Seattle, New York, and Toronto. When you're giving towards missions, you're giving to students who are gonna, at some point, be doctors, be lawyers, be engineers, and in their field, they're gonna have the mindset of a missionary. 
I wouldn't be in San Diego if it wasn't for Jensend. I wouldn't be alongside a church plant if it wasn't for Jensend. I wouldn't have uprooted my life, moved across the country, left things that I thought were comfortable if it wasn't for Jensend. When people give to missions, the investment that people are giving is me. Oh, <laughs> uh, because today we're really highlighting our college ministry for two reasons. First of all, right after evening or evening, right after this service is over. I turned the fan off. So, I know front row, can y'all feel the fan? <laughs> so, that, um, yeah, <clears throat> that's for the haze machine. So, with that. Anyway, we have our uh, college ministry today, our luncheon, right afterwards. Is, uh, it's right downstairs, as Chris shared. I'll tell you the reason why is this coming Friday, I want you to really pray for Broadway's college ministry because they're going to Whitley City. They're leaving. Uh, Friday after school. So that's very exciting and encouraging to see Broadway bring a team down south of Somerset, two hours south, to certainly go down there and do missions. What that was there on the Gen Sin, where this, is, this week has been the Annie Armstrong Easter offering week of prayer. And one of the things, the great things about Annie Armstrong for North American Mission Board is what, it, what has happens is when we give to Annie Armstrong, it goes to support a mission for NAM called Jensen. You, if you're a college student, this June or July, you can pick different cities, San Diego being one of them, and you can go, it's, it's free, you can go spend six to eight weeks in certain cities throughout America serving the Lord and working with church planners and missionaries there sharing the gospel. So I think that's a very encouraging, exciting. If you're a college student here today, the sign-up deadline for Jensen which is this for the summer, is actually it's next Sunday. It's March 15th. So you want to get your application into NAM this week. If you want to know more, you can just let me, uh, uh, let me know about it. I participated in something similar to that. When I was a sophomore, after my sophomore year at Sanford, I went down and served at First Baptist Church of Largo, Florida. I spent two months down there, and it was very similar. I learned what not to do. I was a summer youth pastor. And, uh, and you know, the Lord... The uh, Lord taught me a lot about, um, about life and ministry with that. Anyway, I'll, I'll share more about that later. Open your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And then in a little bit, we're going to flip over. And we're going to look here at Galatians chapter 1. So you want to open your Bibles. 1 Corinthians 15 and Galatians chapter 1. This, the, the preaching schedule next few weeks. Today is... We're going to be talking about missions. What is the gospel and what does it mean to be on mission? And this is central for us as believers to understand what is our message and what are we communicating and what does it mean uh, to certainly go out and communicate that. Then, starting the next four weeks, we'll be really be focusing on leading up to Easter. And that's a time, Easter's five weeks away, and it's a time in that a lot of people in your life People you know, friendships, relationships, they maybe do not go to church. And this is a special invite that you can certainly give to someone who does not know the Lord. You have to remember, every single relationship that you have is a gospel relationship. You take every single conversation and you can turn it to a gospel conversation. And that's what we're going to be looking at right here. So open up in your Bible here, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 3 and 4. Now, this, these verses here are the theme verses for this week's Annie Armstrong Week of Prayer. Look what he says here. Paul's writing this, For I passed on to you, as most important, what I also received. So, he said this is most important. Anytime the Bible says something is most important, we need to pay attention. So, what could be most important in the Bible? Look at this. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. This is important because this is the centrality of the cross. This is what we observe on Good Friday. This is why Easter is so important. This is why many even unchurched people are open to a gospel, a church invitation during Easter time of the year 
because they know Easter celebrates or it observes the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Notice that phrase there. It says, according to the scriptures. We can't miss that. Our foundation is rooted in this book right here. If you want to know the Lord, you need to know your Bible. A mission, when you go to Whitley City or Vermont, or you go with Zach up to Cincinnati on a mission trip, what you are doing is you are doing ministry of the Word. It's Word-based missions. You're going up there proclaiming God's Word to a new folks. So this is why everything we do is rooted in the Bible. And this is also why, you know, public education, if you're a teacher, do you know your purpose? Your ter- purpose is to teach children to read. Why? why? Why do children need to know to read? So they can read their Bible. Do you know our education system is actually founded on that? First school ever came, I think it's called Latin School. They're in Boston, the early 1600s. It was a school that was created to teach children to read for the purpose of reading their Bibles. And that's what they learned to read. They went to school, public school, and they're sitting there reading the Scriptures. What we do in everything area of our life points us to knowing God greater and sharing that great purpose. Next Bible verse, verse 4 says, That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, that's Easter, according to the Scriptures. That there is what we see in the Scriptures as most important. It's most important because it's word-based, and that's the gospel message. Now, the thing about knowing the gospel is when someone goes out and uses the word gospel, I actually have the the Greek word, it's uh, um, evangelon, it's up here on the board, uh, what that the word means, and it actually means good news. So every time we say the word gospel, it's like you're making an announcement, you're sharing the good news. So when you go out and do missions, when you go and witness to someone, when you are able to talk to someone that you work with who is spiritually lost, you're sharing good news. The fact is, because of sin in our world, there is an immediate crisis. And the crisis is people who die in their sins, who do not have a relationship with Jesus. The Bible is very clear that they spend eternity in hell, separated from God. The Bible describes it as weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not something that is pleasant or enjoyable. It's something that they're suffering in pain. And so the good news is you and I, in our church, going out and telling folks, hey, you don't have to experience this. This is why Jesus came. So this is why, it's the, as the Bible verses said, it's the most important thing. The problem with that is it gets corrupted. In fact, turn in your Bibles. Hope you can turn there to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. This is what happens when we take the gospel and all of a sudden it changes and become a different gospel. You know, we're very tempted even today to take the gospel and try to fit it into our own lives. We do this easily by making sure certain sins are acceptable. Um, Certain sins maybe aren't spoken about, aren't really addressed. And, uh, and that's, that's fitting the gospel. I mean, you, you think about this. Think about the context of this past week. Let's think about all the things that happened the past seven days. First week in March. This is what's fighting for your attention. And this is why focusing on the gospel and knowing the purpose and plan of God, because it's revealed in Scripture, is so important. This week, there's something called the coronavirus. Right now, it's the cheapest time ever to go on a cruise or buy an airplane ticket. Take a bus anywhere. I mean, you're just dirt cheap. Best time ever to travel. Uh, Prices are really falling. And what it is, is there is fear to go out in public. 
What can you do about it? Probably nothing. You can't even go. I was at Walgreens two, three days ago. You can't even buy masks. They've sold out a month ago. So you can't buy any more face masks and walk around and wear them. They're all gone. Sherry at the hospital says they're having to lock up face masks. Could you imagine that? I mean, even lock and key for a face mask. That used to be so... And, and there's a fear running through Americans right now, we're not just Americans, all over the world, about getting the coronavirus. The stock market, your retirement went down this week. Really, the past two weeks, it's gone down huge. You've lost all your retirement the past two years, within the past two weeks. Again, there's nothing you can do about it. You can worry yourself sick over UK basketball, because it's a popular thing right now. Again, what can you do about it? Nothing. We, we have no control. And you can literally just look up Tuesday night or Tuesday morning, I guess. A tornado rolled through Tennessee. Tragic. Over 20 folks died through there in Nashville and Cookville. Even, even churches were destroyed. Now we can pray for those folks. But us being fearful, worrying about it, literally, we only Trust the Lord. There is nothing we can do about any of those things except pray about them. And, but if we're not careful, we can allow these other things that, is just, that just are overwhelming in our life, things that we think are important to actually replace what's most important in our life. And we know what's most important because the Bible verse just told us what was most important. And that's the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So look at how we, we see a perverted gospel. I'm amazed that you are so quickly turning away from Him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. When, you're when you take your focus off the Lord, literally this is what the Bible says you're doing. You're focusing on a different gospel. So when your life is consumed with sports, following the internet, worrying yourself to death about disease, um, just um, worrying about uh, safety and harm. You know, the Bible says, do not fear. The Bible actually says that over 80 times in Scripture, that we're not to live in fear. We live in trusting the Lord. When we, when we live, when our attention's completely turned, and it says you're turning to a different gospel, Say, Daniel, I don't do that. I'm not, I'm not believing or teaching something else. Listen, when your mind is consumed with other things all the time, I mean, even this past week on Tuesday was, the dim, was Super Tuesday for politics. You could just follow that stuff all the way to your grave, just worrying about it, wondering. I mean, what a busy week. And if that is what you were consumed at with, you have focused on a different gospel. All right, keep going here. Verse 7. The Bible verse says, Not that there is another gospel, but that there are some who are troubling you and want to distract the gospel of Christ. It says troubling you. Do you know John 14.1 says, Jesus said, Do not be troubled. We could be troubled by all those things I just previously named. And Jesus is telling you, if you're doing that, you have been troubled. You've been distracted. Our focus is not social justice as Christians. We are not to make America great again. We are to not go around campaigning. Our goal is not to get certain people elected or try to get Washington to line up with our values. Those things might be good, but that is not our focus as believers. Our focus is a lost and dying world. And the only hope is Jesus. This is why our church goes to Whitley City. It's why we're going to Vermont. It's why Zach's going to Cincinnati. Why? It's, it's what is, all these problems can be solved by Jesus Christ. He's the only hope. You can just worry yourself and trouble yourself to the grave and you still can't even do it. How sad would it be? Think about this. How sad would it be? I stand before the Lord giving an account of my life. 
And, and I say, Jesus, I, I thought about doing some of those things. I thought about it. But I, I was so distracted, so busy, I never got around to it. And it was, it's a judgment. Because the Bible says we will be judged and we will give an account. We will have to answer. And we do not want to give, well, I, I wanted to do that. I thought about doing that. I was headed in that direction, but I just never got around to it. My fear for us as believers is that we, we have lost what's most important. And that Bible verse we saw earlier told us what is most important is the gospel. And that is good news. Good news is something, remember, that's what gospel means. You announce. You're announcing good news. And if you're not careful, you will be troubled and distorted by this other gospel. Next verse, verse 8, it goes on to say, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, a curse beyond him. That's actually what the devil does. He's a fallen angel. And he comes... And he distorts the truth. I went to UK's game. They lost Tuesday night. And then 9 p.m. game against Tennessee. Everybody's mad when they left the arena. And they're walking out. It's 11.15 at night. And there's a guy there with a little stand. Right out, I mean, 20,000 people walked by him. And he's passing out literature from JW.org. I said, what's JW.org? It's Jehovah's Witnesses. He was there, very nicely dressed man, big smile on his face. He two, yeah, just, just handed stuff out, just clean cut, really polished presentation. And he's passing all that information out to the folks that walk by. I was proud of one of our sister churches here. I was watching TV yesterday. We were doing the UK game, and the doorbell rang. These two young men from Clay's Mill Road Baptist Church were going up and down our street, knocking on doors passing out gospel tracts, doing full gospel invitations, presentations, whoever would listen. I thought, there it is. Anytime someone is sharing the gospel, you have to commend them. Because there's always, we're no, we don't commend the Jehovah's Witness, they have distorted the gospel. They've taken that and twisted it. Whereas Clay's Mill Road Baptist Church they're sharing the good news of how to be saved. Throughout our life, in our days that we live, we are going to hear biblical truth. All the, We will hear biblical truth. It might be hard, but you have to make time for making that priority. It's found in the Scriptures. Or you will hear a distorted truth. And that distorted truth, many times it might be the Jehovah's Witnesses. But many times it might be a total distraction of just current event stuff you have no control over. All you can do is pray about it. Just give it to the Lord. Last Bible verse here, verse 9. goes on to say, As we have said before, I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a different gospel contrary to what you have received, a curse be on him. If you want to start living for Jesus, if you want to live a mission-centered, gospel-centered life, you have to be able to answer the personal question, God Am I hearing a different gospel? Has the truth been distorted? What I feel is most important, has it changed? Is my attention completely elsewhere? Do you know God has given us gifts? He's given us time. And He's asking, are you going to be serious about missions? Are you going to be serious about living for me? For me? Many of us, we have to say, okay, am I going to live for maintenance or am I going to live for missions? Maintenance being you're literally just going through the day, going through your day, going through your week, and you're allowing culture to shape your thinking. It, it lets you get troubled. It makes you feel what's most important. And you're, just, you're literally just making it one by one by one. But what happens is, we have one shot, one shot for the glory of Christ. You get one life to live. Are you going to live it for the Lord? 
So here's how that you do. So if you, wanna, if you want to walk out of here this morning and say, all right, I want to get serious. Here there is. Here's how you can get serious about missions. We've got it up here on the board. Next slide. How do I get serious about missions? There's three ways. Number one, you need to pray. This past week, we have had a prayer guide that talks about that I don't have. Here it is. That we gave out last week. Did you pray over this? This is the Annie Armstrong week of prayer. Did you spend time praying for the people who serve throughout the different cities and areas of our nation? America is in great need of revival. Lexington is in great need of revival. There is fear sweeping all through our nation and world right now. They're in need of a revival. This past week, if you didn't pray for missions this week, I want to invite you to pray. The teenagers or the college students are leaving Friday to go to Whitley City. Will you pray for them? Will you remember to lift them up as they serve down south of Somerset? Do you know, if you aren't praying for missions, if you aren't, if you are only thinking about spiritual things on Sunday when you come to church, that means basically you're giving your maybe Sunday mornings to the Lord and the rest of the week you're living by a different gospel. Literally a different gospel. Not only that, you need to give. You know, we've been collecting our offering for the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. But you know, if you take your regular tithe and you give it to Annie Armstrong, you're actually robbing the church. You're robbing God when you do that. That's not giving to missions at all. When you give to missions, you're giving above and beyond what the Lord has asked you to give of your tithe. After this service is over, in a few minutes, you'll go downstairs and you'll have... You'll have we have spaghetti for everybody. And you have the opportunity to give there. And that money will go towards helping fund the mission trip to Whitley City this coming week. Giving. We do not live with clenched fist. Our hands should be open. Money and resources should pass through you. You should be a blessing to others. When I served down at First Baptist Church of Largo, Florida... When I was a college student that summer, I had no money. They paid me pennies. But there was a man in a wheelchair. I've shared about him before. That man was a blessing to me. He could not go because physically he wasn't able. Every time I saw a man, he gave me a $100 bill. I lived at Taco Bell on what that man gave to me. That was how I ate. And he knew that because he, he knew how little I had. But you could be someone like that. You're constantly giving to others. God loves a generous giver. A cheerful giver. We don't want to be known as stingy folks. If you can't... If you, everybody should be able to pray for missions. Every, everybody should be able to, to, to give to missions. And there's a lot of us are able to go on missions. And you might not be able to go to Vermont, but you can go across the street right here in Lexington. You, it's springtime. It's spring forward Sunday. The flowers are coming out. It's now warm. Say daylight till 8 o'clock. People are now walking their dogs. Your neighbors are coming out of their house for hibernation. You can now go to the park and talk to people. This is an opportunity for you to get to know and to invite your neighbors and your friends and the gospel relationships that you have to church. Jesus wants you, Jesus wants to use you to be on missions to other people. I want to tell you why we do missions here. Because you go to Whitley City, you go to Vermont and Cincinnati, you go on one of these trips, you will come back radically changed. Because you think, you know, I have to go all the way up there nearly to Canada to go tell people about Jesus. Why can't I do that here? You can do it here. 
Missions changes your DNA of how you see things. Because now all of a sudden, you think, I need to be telling the good news and sharing the good news right here in Lexington. This is a lost city. A pagan city. A city in need of great revival. A a broken city. And the only message that will change this city is not UK basketball. It's not how they stay from the coronavirus. It's not who the Democratic nominee is going to be. It's not watching your stock market and your retirement. It's the gospel. And it's the gospel of Jesus. His death, burial, and resurrection according to the Scriptures. The Bible says that is most important. Now, if that is most important to God, Broadway Baptist, it should be most important to you. Last thing I want to share. There is a parable of the hidden treasure in, Bible, in the Bible. In Matthew 13, 44, Jesus told a one-verse parable. And Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be neat to find a treasure? And the treasure is buried in a field. And there's this man, he, he stumbled upon it, and he found the treasure. Well, that? that would be your lucky day. You found a treasure buried in a field. So then what does he do? This treasure is so great, he just can't pull it out because it's not his field. And whoever owned that field, that would be their treasure. So this guy, do you know what he does? He goes out and he sold every single thing he had. Everything. With joy. I mean, he's just getting rid of everything. And he went out and he bought that field. And then he legally owned that field. Then he dug up the treasure and made the announcement, look what I found. Because I now own the field and the treasure is mine. Jesus told that story. What that story means is, if you are here this morning and you are saved, you've been born again, you have a treasure. And salvation, the gospel, the good news, is a treasure that is worth everything. You should sell everything and surrender it all for this treasure. But what happens There's all these people in our city, in this country. They do not realize that the treasure that they have, that they have access to, is buried underneath the ground. Our job is to unbury it and reveal the great treasure of Jesus. We have found it. We gave our whole lives for it. When you got saved, Or when you get saved, you're giving everything to Jesus Christ. He owns you. He is that treasure. That's what it means to give your life to Jesus. And the rest of your time, you're helping other people find that treasure. We live for this. Jesus Christ wants you and I to be believers that have a mindset Every single conversation, every single relationship, throughout my day, I am going to look for ways to communicate and share the gospel. People are lost and going to hell. A place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. And if you and I, if we, Don't have that mentality that this is so important that we need, just like selling everything you own, to show to them, to reveal to them that they need a treasure. They miss it. Salvation is a treasure. I want to invite our band to come forward. We're going to have our invitation. This morning's invitation. 
I gave the, I mentioned it. Pray, give, and go. Where are you at? Are you praying for God to move? Are you praying for God to take your life and making it a life on mission? Are you giving? I tell you, God wants us to have open hands. You will not see the blessings of the Lord with a clenched fist. Now listen, are you going? You might not be able to go. You physically might not be able to go this morning. But God could use you. He has given you the resources. He's given you the finances so you can enable other people to go. But I want you to know about going. You can go across the street or go next door or go down the hall. You can go to school, go to work, go to the mall. Wherever you go, you're looking for every and any opportunity to share the good news. Christ is raising up this church, raising your life up to be on mission with Him. We're going to have an invitation. You can respond. You can join this church this morning. You always need to be a member of a good Bible-believing church, and this is certainly one. So let's stand together, and we're going to sing. And I'll be standing down front. If you want to make a decision and become a member of the Broadway Baptist Church, you come forward now and talk to me. Chris? How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. Listen, the cross has spoken. The King of Kings calls me His own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living Then came the morning, the 
responsibility to share it with those around us. So I hope you know that the call to respond this morning does not stop here, uh, but that we can respond to the Holy Spirit's leading on our lives, whether that's calling into a life of missions or a life of service, or whether it's taking your next step with Jesus here at Broadway uh, through baptism or accepting him as your savior or joining our church. We would love to have that conversation with you and help you take your next step in your walk of faith. Let's pray together, and then we'll be dismissed. Don't forget, uh, you do have an opportunity to give to missions this morning, actually, uh, through our Annie Armstrong Easter offering. And then down below us, uh, right through the back doors and down the stairs, uh, is the spaghetti luncheon for our college mission trip. You are welcome to join us for that, and we hope you will. Let's pray together, and we'll be dismissed. Jesus, we praise you this morning. We give you all glory, honor, and we exalt you alone, because you're the only one worthy of it. Lord, we thank you that we have a living hope. We thank you that uh, you came, you lived a perfect life, you died our death that we deserved. But Lord, we praise you and we thank you that you didn't stay dead, but instead you rose from the grave three days later and that we have victory in you. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are and we pray that you would continue to guide and direct us as we go our separate ways this morning. It's in Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you this evening at six.